Why was Utah unable to emerge victorious from Huskies Stadium? We're breaking down the offensive and defensive sides of the ball for Utah in that game on today's Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown YouTube our first listen every single day. We're available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcasts. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you like and subscribe. We love interacting with you guys in the YouTube comments. Today's episode of Lockdown Utes is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown College. That's all caps, no spaces. Lockdown College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. My name is JT Wistersville, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're going to be diving into the tape of the offensive and defensive sides of the ball for Utah in their matchup against Washington. Then closing out with a little segment we do called Opponent Observations. And, uh, you know, it just so happens that the two opponents that Utah is remaining on their schedule actually played this last weekend. So we got a little bit to talk about with that. And obviously just throughout the week, we'll be talking about the matchup against Arizona. But before we get to that game against the Wildcats this Saturday, has to talk about what happened to Utah against Washington this weekend. You know, it was a game where Utah was in it early, right? When you're talking about Utah scoring 21 points in the second quarter, uh, just, just incredible. And still had seven points in the, in the first quarter too. So just to, I guess at a tale of two halves offensively. So when you're looking at the first half, you're looking at just those big plays were so prevalent, whether it was the, the huge pass to Vele, also looking at the, screen to Sione Vaki that was set up perfectly ex exceptionally blocked too. excuse me as I trip up my words there but exceptionally blocked up front by Utah as well great job by Utah just getting out in space making it happen you know the ground game was pretty Utah was really good on first down the first half that was something that really stood out to me was a lot of their runs because we know Utah wants to run the ball first and foremost would go for over five yards or just put them in kind of second and average or even longer in a good position where everything's on the table for you offensively. When you get only one yard and it's second and nine, it's like you pretty much have to pass. Like, yes, you can be like Utah and on, I think it was the second drive of the game that Utah ran it on third and 10, which, yeah, as you guys know, and I'm sure a number of you as well, just maybe want to pull, pull all the remaining hair out I have left with that maddening of a of a play call there. So that's, that's where the frustration. But overall, I thought Andy Ludwig did call a good game. I thought the offensive execution in the first half was – was good. I thought Bryson was dealing. Loved how we continue. Utah just did a great job finding Devon Vele. He's been doing it all season. It's what we've discussed. He does a great job getting open. And when you have an elite receiver like him, you need to get him the ball. And that's what Utah was able to do a lot. Thought the offensive line did a good job too. You know, running back, staying in, tight ends, helping out to chip too. They did a good job protecting Bryson in the first half. And you know, that's why Utah had a lead to exit the first half. And they scored 28 points in the first half. And as I mentioned, 21 of those coming in the second quarter. But then the rest of the game, you don't score again. So what happened to Utah offensively? I touched on a little bit yesterday, but one of the biggest things were the drive killers and specifically the penalties. They really hurt this team, whether it was the really bad offensive pass interference call. That was brutal on Mickey. I, I don't get that one at all. I really dislike that one. But, you know, you had some holding penalties or or just against Spencer Fano at times. And those those also cost Utah, too. And those weren't the only penalties, too. So whenever you have a Bryson Barnes led offense who Bryson did, did played very well, but still a backup quarterback, you're just 
I think if you asked any coach, like second and 20 is not ideal, but second and 20 is a lot more favorable with your starting quarterback than your backup quarterback in. And even though Bryson's played well lately, that that is still what he is. And that kind of shows up in some of those second and long situations. And it really showed up on Utah's final drive, which we can dive into a little bit more in a second. After the blocked field goal, it felt like Utah had some momentum, but it, it didn't end up going that way. So also give Washington credit. I thought that Utah did a good job blocking them up front in the first half, but the Huskies won the line of scrimmage in the second half. They did a really good job stifling the running game. Their D tackles did a better job taking on double teams. I thought the defensive ends in particular, Trice was more active and one of them should have had the other defensive end. Zion, I believe is uh part of his name. I'm, I'm blanking on it again. Um, should have had a pick six if he didn't drop it at the one. And shout out Michael Mokafisi two days in a row. I got I got to shout him out for that effort to jump on that ball and give Utah a chance. But, you know, speaking of negative plays, and you have Spencer Fano coming off the snap low, and he misses the block that gets Jaquindon smoked in the backfield and thus gives the Huskies a safety. So a, a big swing of momentum there. We'll talk about this more in the second segment, but also obviously contributing to the different offensive, the second half offensively for Utah versus defensive is, while well, the Utah defense was not able to force – three and outs really maybe they forced one in the second half i'm trying to remember now they did not get off they and they didn't give up points really they only gave up 11 second half points and you know obviously two of those being the safety but for utah this was a team so in nine points total given up because they did go for two and didn't get it so second half points for utah outside of that safety the utah defense wasn't able to get off the field so washington had the ball for a while and utah wasn't able to sustain those drives too so not winning the line of scrimmage up front some of that is definitely on the execution aspect for for Utah up front, they just didn't they didn't handle their assignments as well in the second half. Credit the Huskies for that. Bryson, you know, also when he is pressured, makes mistakes like throwing the the interception. He said that was a miscommunication. It it looks like a bad throw on film, but I obviously more liable. Obviously, we'll trust Bryson with what he said there, and we'll see what Coach Wade if he's asked about that today if he says the same thing. And that wasn't you know that wasn't Mickey, that wasn't Landon King. He was targeting for tight ends, so that's also where okay, it's not one you're used to having. So could that have been a miscommunication? It it definitely could have too. I have no issue with Bryson's final interception. He was in a horrendous spot there too. But then you get bad luck things like, you know, Sione Vaki slipping at one time on the very first play of the second half where it feels like his run would have gone for a good good gain in that particular scenario. But lots of second and longs for, for Utah. And they just weren't able to build that offensive momentum up. And a large reason for that was those negative plays in there too. So Credit the Huskies defense for stepping up, making some plays, and yeah, frustrating one for Utah and going into the final drive again. I discussed this a little bit yesterday, too. With Utah's final drive, you get the first down. You would have had a completion. The first drive kind of completely encap- encapsulates. That's that's not the right word to use there, but I'm sorry. Um, just in jet, just kind of encompasses. There we go. What's wrong with the Utah offense? If you look at the very first play, it's Bryson Barnes missing a wide-open Mikey Matthews. He throws it over his head. The second play is the next two plays are actually even the next three. Honestly, Bryson's pressured on all three. He's not given quite enough time needed. But then when he is pressured, he made some really nice throws under pressure throughout the game. But not on the final drive, decides to check it down to Jaquindon, off-target throw. The next one, he checks down to Jaquindon. I thought that one was way too quick. I thought he had a little more time in the pocket on the third down. I will say that. But slings it over to Jaquindon in the flat. He gets tackled. And then fourth and long, he just got to throw it up there. So... Yeah, just an unfortunate turn of events where you see that, you know, the offensive line isn't able to execute good enough against a, a good Washington defensive line. I still think it was more the penalties. Yes, actually, some I'll change that. The penalty aspect is what made it more of a 
bad Utah offense than good Washington defense, but I thought Washington did a number of good things defensively to force Utah to not be able to have that momentum. Coverage was good for them at times, too. We already talked about the pressure they were able to apply, especially in the second half, so that's where it was both things, but you get a guy in Bryce in there who made a number of good throws, but there is still a reason he's a backup. You know, running game, not as prevalent there with the Huskies doing a good job, so yeah, just unfortunate to see Utah be unable to get a victory. They were so close in this game, but incredibly challenging to do so against an elite team like the Washington Huskies, especially in their house on the road. That's a top five team in college football right now. Utah is a top 20 team in college football. And, you know, offensively, they're not a top 20 team, (laughs) although they did a lot of nice things in the first half, just weren't able to sustain that momentum in the second for whether it be quarterback play, offensive line, maybe some play calling to all those kind of going together to lead to the second half failure that was the Utah offense at Husky Stadium. So that's kind of what we're wrong with the offense. We're going to talk about what we're wrong with the defense in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about the sponsor of today's episode in Locked On Utes, one of our sponsors, excuse me, in Game Time. With Game Time, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, and comedy and theater events near you. They have great last-minute deals, all-in price views from your seats, and their best price guaranteed. Game Time, they take the guesswork out of buying tickets. They have last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. They're easy to find and buy all your tickets for every kind of venue and event in your area. They even have views from all seats, so you know what kind of a deal you're getting when you purchase a ticket on Game Time. They also have the low price guarantee event cancellation, and more on that low price guarantee it's called the game time guarantee that means you always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference so you can download the game time app create an account and use code locked on college all caps no spaces for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-c-o-l-l-e-g-e for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guarantee I also want to talk to you about another sponsor in today's episode of Locked On Utes. It's UCCU, the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate, but parents, they don't always know the answers. Learner breaks down financial topics in a fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that can occur and can be redeemed for gift cards to like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There is age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learner is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so you can play anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn. Learn and earn part of UCCU's award-winning Being Money Smart Youth Banking program helping kids teens and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together uccu love where you bank all right talk about the utah defense not a great day for the utah defense whether it's Penix thrown for over 330 yards although he did complete only 24 or 42 of his passes although i will say with that statistic just right off the top i think that was more so missed opportunities by Penix than it was the utah defense and I still am very high on this Utah defense, but I saw a number of open receivers or plays. And you heard Brock Heward talking about it throughout the the broadcast, even where it's just missed throws by Penix at times. So that's where he even should have completed a little bit more, more of his passes throughout the games. You know, rushing wise, they ran for 125 yards. Credit Johnson, really tough running, had a couple of big runs throughout the game. 104 yards for him overall. How about Odun's three catches for 111 11 yards? That was uh that was very unfortunate for Utah in that scenario but yeah talk about this utah defense i still think this utah defense is really good was i maybe a little too high on them because now we've seen what they look like against it's first of all it's still more good washington than anything else this is an offense that's thrown up points of plenty on every opponent on the season and this is one of the lower point totals they've been held to on the season like yes i know that the arizona state game 
they really struggled, but that was such a fluke game. Like this was against a good opponent for them. And this is around, I think they scored 36 against Washington. So I'm or against Oregon, excuse me. That's where you're like, okay, against good opponents, this is what they're, this is still a decent performance statistic wise. Like, oh, you held them to this when they usually average this, but just watching the game play out, it was so unfortunate to see Utah not be able to get off the field, you know, the coverage downfield, not holding up always the pressure, but more than anything, I go back to this once again, Penix is one of the best quarterbacks in college football. This offensive line, probably a top 15 to top 10 offensive line in college football right now. And Johnson's a solid running back too. And we know how this receiving core is easily one of the three best in college football. That's not that one. I don't even have a question about. So you're talking about a dynamic passing attack that was able to run the ball and have some success there too. And that's credit their offensive line up front. I think overall in the game, Washington did win the line of scrimmage. Yes. Utah at times was able to stuff the Huskies rushing attack and they did get pressure at times with some blitzes, but they couldn't consistently get home with four. Jonah Ellis or Connor O'Toole, one of them would sometimes get around the edge, but it was easy for Penix to step up or maneuver past that one rusher, reset his feet and fire a strike downfield. So it's for credit this Washington offense for being locked in and making those impressive plays. And I think the tough part for you, the Utah defensive backs in this one was there were so many times I let, I would say, okay, they're in the right position. They're right behind them. But the Washington player does a better job tracking the ball does a better job adjusting to the adjusting to make the catch and just does a good job concentrating and bringing it in. Whether it was, you know, Teo Johnson, the touchdown he gave up in the end zone, miles battle getting beat over top one time, JT Broughton got beat across his face on a couple occasions. And same thing was the Maya Vaughn, like all of Utah's corners got gashed in this one. And once again, I think that's more good Huskies than anything else, because this is an elite Huskies offense that does a, a number of things at a very impressive rate and level. So and also, I'll say, I don't think Utah put their secondary into position to succeed always because you know you have Washington receivers that can win on the outside. You know you have a guy in Penix who is capable of making those throws. And while missing some, too, we mentioned the completion percentage being what it was. But when you're asking to cover O'Dunes on an island, like Utah did a couple of times throughout the game, some of these other talented Washington receivers, you're not putting your team in a position to succeed. So, yes, the defensive backs didn't play great, but because Utah was so blitz heavy and that was the way Arizona state played Washington. They had a lot of success against that. And Utah had success against Washington in many ways, right? Helding them to, you know, only 10 in the second half. But as we said, they just weren't able to get off the field credit Washington for converting some tough third downs, whether it was on the ground and a great catch by their tight end or a couple other times where Pennick just does a great job finding those guys when they're open to, I still think he's a really good quarterback, even if he did have some struggles with accuracy here and, and, Part of that was still playing a defense the caliber of Utah's, right? This is an elite defensive unit, and I still think that this is a top 15 unit, Utah defensively in college football. Are they a top 10? I might still say yes, but yeah, this is, I mean, they've played two elite offenses now, and they've gotten gashed in, in each of the games. So that's where you got to give credit to to Washington for making him look that way, but also self-reflect and evaluate Utah and say, I don't know if the secondary is as good. This is a game, obviously, Utah does miss Clark Phillips a little bit because of his ability to stick with those guys and make plays on the on the ball. Actually, I was uh, watching Red Zone yesterday. I saw Clark Phillips with the Falcons. Uh, shout out him. I, I I knew he was there, obviously. We talked about that on the show, but I didn't know he was playing because I knew he dealt with some injuries and stuff, and I, I just wasn't aware that he was active and you know doing his thing out there, and I saw him make a nice pass breakup at one point. So good to see him out there and on the field, and uh, Utah missed him yesterday, but... I mean, it's just, it's what happens to every team when you play Washington. You're going to get beat over the top like that. Thought Washington creativity did a good job. And they also, Washington was ready to play a caliber of a team like Utah. You could see just the game plan and what they were. They didn't save anything for future opponents. Like against Arizona State, I think that, you know, they're going to beat Arizona State. They saved some stuff. There was at one point where 
I'm sure there's a more technical term for what this screen was, but they faked the screen to the left, faked the screen to the right, and then finally came back to it over the middle field. Like that's just really creative stuff that Washington was doing and pulling out. They had the O'Dunes throwing a pass on the two-point conversion that would have worked had it been an accurate throw. That's where it's just that extra element of creativity that was very prevalent for Washington and Penix all game long. And I thought it was a great move for them to beat this Utah defense. And it is just a testament to this Utah team that they're able to go into Husky Stadium, push Washington so close despite the several injuries that they have sustained throughout the season that have cost them some of their best players overall. It's hard not to wonder. I said this on yesterday's show. What would the season have been like if Cam Rising, Brant Keithy had played? What if Lander Barton, you know, stays healthy, even though I thought DeMooney and Ken Rennie redo a really good job. And a lot of the big runs, but like we're just poor timing where Utah would kind of blitz away from the play. Uh, two of the biggest ones in particular, like you would see Karene Reed and Leavani DeMooney both kind of blitzing to the right, to the left side of the offensive line. And then they're, Washington would run the ball to the right. So that's where it's just like, oh, like you get Utah guessed wrong. Washington able to guess right in terms of their play calling there. So that's where it's just unfortunate for, for Utah in that regard. And I'm very curious to see how this defense does against Arizona and Colorado. I'm just curious to see how this team looks the rest of the season. You know, they are already made their bowl game. I expect this team to come out and play hard for themselves, but it's the first time this group hasn't had a Pac-12 championship to play for in a in a long time. So that'll be another thing that's interesting to, to watch. We'll be breaking down the Wildcats the rest of the week. But yeah, give Washington credit now. Washington and Oregon, the two best teams on Utah's schedule, they looked like exactly that. And they've both had a lot of success against this Utah defense because their offenses are, but those are two top five offenses right now. The Utah defense, as I mentioned, maybe top 10, but if not top 15, not quite as good. And you see that play out, whether it was not getting pressure consistently enough, not holding up in coverage, a couple of missed tackles throughout the game, too. So. It's one of those ones that it does. It ends your season in terms of a Pac-12 championship berth. So it's disappointing in that aspect. But you tip your cap to that Washington team because they are really good. Kalen DeBoer's done a great job there, and I'm very curious to see what uh, what the rest of the season holds for them. Because they still got Oregon State and Washington State. So that's not even kind of the Pac-12 championship. So still could have several losses on their schedule, especially as Utah nearly got the first top five, their first top five upset in program history on the road. Because we know they've done that multiple times at home now. Last two years, Oregon and USC fallen at home in rice Eccles stadium so that'll do it for the game talk mentioned arizona will be breaking down the rest of the week do want to talk about opponent observations though with dealing with that arizona colorado game in one moment but first i want to talk to you guys about another sponsor of today's episode of locked on utes in our friends at jace medical we spend a lot of time talking together you and i we get fired up together on wins and losses who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection we have. And today I want our chat to be a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue because you are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Rietavo prescription. And this is possible because of your our friends at Jace Medical. You can go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code Locked On. That's capital L, capital O, rest lowercase, at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half because I had to. In order to, in or, I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jasonmedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code locked on for $20 off your first 
purchase. All righty. Coming back in to close this one out, talk about opponent observations. Arizona and Colorado, what a doozy that was. Shador Sanders over 260 yards passing, two touchdowns. Fafita over 200 yards passing and two touchdowns. Coleman at 179 yards on the ground. We know Colorado can't run the ball because of what their offensive line is in general. So, yeah, this is a this was a fun game, and this is the kind of game where it makes – this is what makes Colorado still a little bit dangerous, despite them being 1-6 in Pac-12 play, despite them being 4-6 and six overall on the season. This is a team – that has you know elements offensively that allow them to make plays, and they have defensive backs who are playmakers as well, can break up some big plays, break up some big passes too. So it's what is going to make the Buffs a tough out, but this feels like a game the Arizona of old would have lost. Arizona got ranked 21. Arizona is going to be ranked higher than Utah when they play. I'm curious to see if Utah will be ranked, considering their losses are all to top, whether or not they're top. They're probably not top 10 teams, but they're all top. 13 team top 12 teams because we know Oregon State's currently at 12 right now and I don't know if they'll be able to crack the top 10 I'm trying to remember who well Penn State will drop out for sure and Ole Miss actually will so I think Oregon State Oregon and USC or Oregon excuse me we know it's not USC Oregon Oregon State and Washington should all be top 10 teams so therefore I do expect Utah to stay in the rankings but they'll just hover in the 20s versus Arizona with their three losses could be as high as you know, 18, 17, because this team over the past month and a half has just looked completely different. Got to give a ton of credit to Coach Fish for what he's done with this team and their program. They're extremely dangerous, especially offensively with what Fafita has unlocked for them offensively. They run the ball decently well. Defensively, they got some guys flying around making plays too. So it's a tough test that Utah has up in Tucson, down in Tucson, excuse me, coming up this Saturday. And it's what we'll be focused on all weekend locked on Utes. And, you know, good for Colorado showing a little bit of fight. This was their... They have two games left, and they can still get bowl eligible if they win both of them. I don't expect them to get bowl eligible, but I, it's going to be fun to see what they what they have in store for the rest of the season because they are they are one of those teams, when you talk about Colorado, that can throw up some points. So what's it going to look like when they enter Rice Eccles Stadium? Is Shador Sanders going to play? Is he going to be healthy because he has taken a beating a little bit this season? All stuff that's going to make these final two weeks of the season fascinating, and we can't wait to break it down with you here at Locked On Utes. That will do it for our show today. As a reminder, we'll be back talking Arizona with you tomorrow, previewing the Wildcats ahead of Utah's second-to-last game of the season and their final road game, how quickly it's gone. But we look forward to seeing you then. Have a great day.